Hey, grace and peace to you as we've been given our intro and our benediction with that. I want to ask you to find the scripture of uh, John 14, verses 22 through 26. It's really captivated by a verse that uh, John gives us here. And um, it just moved me to uh, work and bring this into our series in his presence. Uh, before we go any further, let's have a word of prayer together. And Father, I, I thank you for the call on my life you've given me. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you uh, help me to be a simple preacher and a plain preacher, so plain that a child would understand me. I, I do pray for words of knowledge, Lord, under your direction, not mine. I can't turn them on. I can't turn them off. But if you give them to me, even in this sermon, meant for someone, whatever, whatever means they're watching, whenever they're watching, wherever they're watching from, I, I just trust that if you give it to me, that it will move to an appointed time. And if you give me that word of knowledge, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you will remind me, as you always do, uh, that um, I'm under great judgment, a strict judgment, more than anybody else, because I'm a teacher of your word, and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. <clears throat> it's uh, good to be with you again. I often want to say it's good to see you. I wish I could even more than I'm going to be able to in the future. I want to begin with uh, verse 22. And instead of reading the whole thing, uh, I want to begin with verse 22. And our sermon today starts with a question coming from Judas, not, not Iscariot, but another Judas. And in verse 22, it says, Judas said to him, Lord, how is it? You're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world. <clears throat> How are you going to do that? Um, the question is about revelation and how does it take place? And I want to bring up some things to you just from the Old Testament. It's something I just walked through for a little bit uh, because sometimes we think about being in his presence as a New Testament event. And I, I just want to go to the Old Testament and show you about the entirety of God's word in his presence with us. So I want to walk you through some things. You'll have to look them up, uh, but I just want to remind you that God in his presence, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Uh, talking about his presence, uh, it, the Lord, he wrestled with Jacob. Uh, he talks with Abraham in the shade of the oaks. Uh, he reveals himself to Hagar beside the well. Manoah and his wife, uh, revelation to them in a field that's near their house. Gideon, he reveals himself at the wine press. I wrote this in here, and uh, I, I'm not in contention with the Old Testament um, people that I'm talking about, but Jeff in the RA room at Camelsville Baptist, I, I had just as much of a revelation of God there as anything you can read about. I'm not trying to tag myself with these people, but I'm sure you've had those moments of God's revelation of himself to you and really being in his presence. So the question, the question is not from Judas here, is not, um, are you going to do it? The question is, how are you going to do it? How are you going to reveal yourself to us and, and, and not to other people. How are you going to handle this? Um, you, you, may, you may be thinking, and let me give you a little bit of a, uh, a teaser here about the rest of the sermon. 
It is, how's he going to get me through this? How's he going to get me through uh, this, uh, this pandemic? Uh, I mean, folks, we're, it's still out there. We need to understand that. I know I, I can be guilty of it, too, of relaxing and thinking that it's over. Uh, the projection of deaths between now and August are great. Uh, we've got to be careful. We're going to be careful. Our intention is to be careful. But uh, Michigan, with the dam burst and the floods, here in Kentucky, all along the Licking River and places being flooded and people evacuated, it just seems like uh, there was a shooting uh, last night. And this, I'm taping this on Thursday. Uh, in it, it just people are looking at bankruptcy. Is the economy going to come back quick enough? I do believe it's going to come back. But the question is, quick enough. <clears throat> I can maybe have the same question that Judas has. It's not that are you going to reveal yourself and navigate us, because I believe that he is. I, I might ask how, just like Judas asked the question, how? So how are you going to handle this? <clears throat> In verse 23, Jesus is a, is, is a great question asker. <laughs> he's, he's great at asking questions. He's great at answering. And I think uh, verse 23 is classic. And this is the verse that moved me. This is the verse uh, in, in that moved me uh, about being in his presence and what happens in his presence. <clears throat> Jesus answers with an action answer. Uh, if you uh, have read Ezekiel, he preached with action sermons. There was all drama, basically theater. Uh, and he did it, his sermons were acted out. Jesus' answer here is an action answer. And uh, I, I want to bring that to James. And this fits our discipleship language here. And we are to be hearers of the word. We're hearers first. Uh, faith come by hearing, hearing from the word of God. How are we going to hear if we don't have a preacher? Uh, hearing is where we all start, but it's not where we all stay. And we move to being a doer. And if you read the passage in James, uh, it says the doer is blessed. You're going to say, well, I need to hear from the Lord. I need a word from the Lord today. I need to go hear a good word at a, at a service. <clears throat> I get it. Hearing is where it starts. But there's a transfer of being a doer. And the answer that Jesus gives here matches that. Because his answer is an action answer. And here, here's, here's what he said. And he starts with a wonderful statement. If anyone just loves me, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him. And we, the pronoun we, will come to him and make our home with him. We can read over that real quickly sometimes. Uh, I think Jesus is answering the question of how. How are you going to reveal yourself to us and not to the rest of the world? How are you going to do that? And I think he begins it and he does it with an action answer. If anyone loves me, what a statement. Do you love him? That's the question I'm asking you. Do you love him? You know, I've got a lot of questions and you do too, but I've always had a lot of questions. Uh, have those questions risen to an all new high through this pandemic? Probably. Uh, but my questions don't, don't negate my love for him. I love Jesus. 
And you have got to ask yourself that question, do I love Jesus? Or do I just love the promises that I get from Jesus? Do I just love what he's going to do for me? Uh, I, I, uh, I just love Jesus. I think Jesus is an incredible, incredible person. And as, uh, as the scripture tells us, he's an image of the invisible God. And so I love him. And he says, if, if anyone loves me, and, and loves is an action answer. It's a verb. And he's saying, if anyone loves me, uh, then he will keep, he will keep my commandments. There's another action answer. And the two words are love and keep. I'm going to keep them. Um, there is a beautiful picture there. And then it changes. If you, he says, if you love me and you keep my commandments, I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how revelation occurs. And he says, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He says, the, the father will love him too. And uh, we will come to him and make our home with him. So here, here, here's the action answer. If we love him, if we keep his commandments, the father will love us. The father will love us. And then he says, we will dwell. And the word dwell, and it even says that we make our home, is that of a dwelling, <clears throat> that of a home, that we will make our home there. Are you, are you beginning to see the how? The how is that Jesus and the Father come to take up residence in our life. And, and I could stop right there and go, man, that's incredible being in his presence, isn't it? But it gets better. And you're going, how in the world can it get better than the Father and the Son taking up residence in our life? And I'm going to be able to show you that. John 14, if you take it in context, which is what I read to you, a portion of John 14, if you take it in its context, it is uh, mostly a chapter about the Father. Uh, at the end of it, it starts moving toward the Holy Spirit. But the majority of chapter 14 is about the way of the Father, uh, the revelation of the Father, how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit work together. That's at the end of John 14. But I want to give you the context. And the context is a picture of who the Father is and what he does. And there's certainly other passages past John 14. But in the context of where we are today, I want you to be able to see that. And in verse 24, he goes on to say, the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. Uh, the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father, and the Father is the one who sent me, he says. Um, it, th this is a way of searching. Because if you don't love the Father, you're not, you're, you're not gonna pay any attention to the kingdom principles. If, if, if you don't love Jesus, the king, then you're not going to pay attention to the kingdom. And when he says, keep my commandments, it's basically kingdom principles. So if you, if you don't love Jesus, then can, can I put the forward slash and go, then you don't love the king? Yeah, I can do that. It's pretty easy to do. Well, then, and, and if I don't keep the commandments, which sounds like a set of rules, it isn't. But the point is, I'm, I'm, if I don't love the king, what am I going to care about as principles? 
I mean, we're, we confess of not being in the house of the Lord. And the truth is, some of you all found ways to not be in the house of the Lord before the pandemic happened. But yet, you're one of the first ones to fuss about our constitutional right to be back in the house of the Lord. And I'm, I'm not being legalistic here. I'm just saying I look forward to being with fellow believers and celebrating something that we focus on and connect with in our lives, even missionally, and that is I'm celebrating the cross where he died for me and then the old Jeff died and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, I look forward to that. That in itself, the gathering can be a kingdom principle. And the point of it is, if you, you got to ask, and I know this is a verse that says, well, man, that verse 24 doesn't mean much. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. Uh, means that if you love the king, then you are going to love doing and learning the kingdom principles. It's just all of it. So you're saying, keep my commandments. It's not a set of rules. It's just a new way of living. An absolutely new way of life. I really didn't ex didn't expect to get so charged up there at that point. But my my point is, uh, if you love the king, you're going to love the kingdom, and you're going to love the kingdom principles. That's about the most plain way I can tell you about that. And then he says basically what he said in several places in verse 24. I only say what the Father says. I only do what I see the Father doing. And he goes, if you've heard me. <clears throat> then it, it, it is spoken to you through me, <clears throat> but it comes from the Father. Uh, verse 25, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. Um, uh, the, the point of it is, since I told you, I'm only telling you what the Father is telling me to tell you. So the Father and I, Jesus says over and over, we are one. Verse 26, here, here comes a bigger picture of how. Remember, Judas asked not, are you? But he asked, how are you going to do this? And the bigger picture is including the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father, will send him in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have told you. Um, the how, if you remember, we'll go back up into Jesus in verse 23. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. That's the king and the kingdom and the kingdom principles. If you do that, then the father will come and then he will love you too. And then we will take up residence with you. So you get the picture in his presence can literally be a picture of the father and the son. And I told you it didn't stop there. And in verse 23, we go on to further uh, about the how of Revelation. And the how is, but the counselor of the Holy Spirit will come. Uh, we get the Holy Spirit. And the Father sends, sends him. And he sends him in the name of Jesus to uh, us. And he's going to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. He's going to lead us to all truth. And basically what I want you to get and I want you to understand is when uh, we are talking about in his presence, am I going to be with the Father in his presence? Yeah, Jesus tells me to pray to the Father. Uh, it's, the scripture says that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding with us, for us, uh, in that work. But he, here's what I get. 
in his presence can mean I get the whole trinity. Trinity is not a, a biblical word. You're never going to find the word trinity in there. It's uh, given by an early church father, Tertullian, gave us that word, putting the father and son together in trinity, God in three persons. And so for our use, I get the trinity. Uh, the how? When Judas says how, uh, how, how is it going? How is, how is you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? How is it going to happen? It happens to us even through the Trinity. The Father, just to help you out in a simple way, is always giving his commendation to the Son. Uh, you'll hear it. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. I have anointed and appointed. He's got, he's got, the, he's got the, good, the housekeeping seal, the seal of heaven. And he gets that from the Father. And the Father is always at work. And Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I see the Father saying. I mean, he's on the Father's mission of salvation to us, redemption, reconciliation. And remember that everything that the Father gives us, he gives to us through Jesus, everything, eternal life, peace, all of it. So then where does the Spirit come into play? The Spirit is there to convict me of sin and righteousness and judgment, lead me to all truth, reminds me of things. This is the verse that we used here. He will remind you of things. And he's there as your coach. He's the paraclete, the one who's on side of us. So what does he do? The Spirit's always saying that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's always leading me and you to connect with Jesus because if we're going to connect with the Father, we've got to go through Jesus to do it. Now, I, I know that can look like a leapfrog move in a lot of ways, and some of it uh, it is. But it is a picture of how the Trinity is always at work within us. I not only, in the early verses, the Father will love you too, if you love me, and then we will dwell with you. And then it comes on to say, they invite the Holy Spirit to come and indwell with you. So, so how... How is it going to happen? How is God going to navigate his church all over this world through this pandemic? How is he going to do it with you and me personally? Through the Trinity, through the Father and the Son, and through the Holy Spirit. That's how. And it is a promise of being in his presence. So uh, here, here we go back to the question that Judas asked, how? And Jesus says, if it all starts, if anyone loves me, it's where it all begins. If I'm going to get to the Father, i got to go through Jesus. If I'm going to get things from the Father, I get it through Jesus. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit is there to be his witness. I hate to diminish the Holy Spirit in this way, the holiness of it. And please forgive me if you take this wrong. But what a deal. I mean... Hey, folks, what a deal. How are you going to get a better offer than that? I'm, I'm, I don't want to diminish it to making it sound like I just traded cars or something. But my point is, look at what God does. Yes, Jesus is my Savior, my Lord, my Master. He is my salvation. He's my shepherd. He's my A and Z. He's absolutely everything. But, but I, and, and listen, the Savior is with us, but that isn't all. 
We get the Father and the Son. We get the Trinity. When we baptize people, we've got 10 to baptize. And, and you're going, well, let's hurry up and baptize them. It's just not that easy. And let me tell you what I mean by that. We, we gonna, can you use the same water in the tub? Or do we baptize and drain it and put it back? Just a lot of things we got to think of uh, that are procedural that we've got to do to baptize people. We've got 10 listed for baptism. And at, 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 when we baptize, we baptize, and I'm certain most of you know this, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And why do we do that? We're commanded to do that. But why? Well, because all three were present at the baptism of Jesus. Obviously, the son was there because he was getting baptized. It says, the father spoke, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then it said, the Holy Spirit came in, came in like a bird or like a dove. The Holy Spirit came in and you have at his baptism, you have the presence of the Trinity. Is that why we baptize in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit? Yes, but there's more. The reason we baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is because all three are at work in the life of that believer. Do you get that? I'm not only baptizing them because that's what was present. I am, but that's not the only reason. I'm baptizing that new believer, setting them aside for obedience and service and mission from their own and the rest of their life. Loving the king, loving the kingdom, living the kingdom principles. But we baptize them in the name of the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father are always working in the life of that person. And they're going to continue that work. Do you get it? The answer of the how to Judas's question is the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father are working on your behalf. They are doing that. In his presence has great meaning. I, I, I just want to tell you, you may be listening today and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Where are you going to get a better deal? I mean, you, you're getting all that heaven can promise. All of it. It's amazing that I get a chance. Are you listening? That I get an opportunity in my life, a life that was just given to me. I didn't choose it. A life that was given to me. And he has appointed us in this time, crazy as it is. You and I are appointed for such a time as this. And what are we doing? We're showing a world what it looks like to live in conjunction, in relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what an incredible opportunity to be able to do that, that I have in my life to live in relationship and the influence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Gosh, how can I turn it down? How amazing is that? I mean, that one little verse, that verse 23 uh, it triggered all that in me, and I'm excited about this. I just want to tell you about that. I want to give you how is it going to happen? All, all of heaven is is uh, is leading us, and always will lead us. So, uh, I want to I want you to look at um, Ephesians chapter two, verses seventeen and nineteen. In our closing, I want to read it to you. It says that Paul wrote, "When Christ came, he proclaimed good news of peace to you who were far away." 
and peace to those who were near. Now look, look at 18, because we're going to put all this together in this one verse. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. All three are there. Uh, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of God's household. He comes and makes his home with us. They all do. We have an incredible God. Do you hear me? Reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he promises this incredible experience with them. When I'm in his presence, am I with the Lord? Yes. Am I with the Father? Yes. Am I with the Holy Spirit? Yes, I am. And they're all three working on your behalf. I just want you to stop what you're doing and say thanks. Thank you, Lord, for what you have given me, the opportunity that I have to have relationship with the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to be led by them and navigated by them and shepherded by them. Just say thanks. He's an incredible God. He promised to us an incredible experience. God bless you on this day. Grace and peace.